Welcome to episode two. My name is Flora Lynn Wheeler. You can call me Lynn. This is the story of Dr. Robert Wheeler, my late father. He disappeared two years ago on April 29th, 2017. To this day, no one knows what happened to him. A week ago, I found a trove of recordings and journals he kept about his work for a classified DOD program called Project Ares. They detail his research into machine intelligence and sentient AI. The tapes also suggest that right before his disappearance, he wanted the program exposed and shut down. Why? And was he silenced? I discovered something else on the tapes. An AI my dad programmed talks about one of my earliest childhood memories. A memory that's real. A memory that's been with me all my life. A memory that I never told anyone about. How did the ghosts of my childhood get into that machine? I always thought there were too many questions surrounding Dad's disappearance no one seemed to be asking but me. Listening to these tapes added about a million more, but the tapes also hold the answers. So I'm going to find out the truth. About Dad's disappearance, about a secret government program he wanted exposed, and about how I might possibly be implicated. As I record this, I don't have all the answers. I don't know how long it will take to get them, where it will lead me, who could help me along the way. You, the listener will be right there with me as I put together this puzzle piece by piece. This is Past Continuous. I guess maybe vacation with my parents in Rhode Island, collecting seashells on the beach with my brother. Yeah, I think that's it. I remember when we got home, I held up one to my ear and I could still hear the ocean. I was bugging out. A whole ocean contained in this tiny little thing in my hand, you know? But then I put it in a drawer and forgot about it. Years later, when we moved, I found it again. Held it to my ear, but couldn't hear anything. The ocean inside the shell was gone. I've been listening to it again and again. It's so strange hearing your inner thoughts expressed by someone else's voice. Someone who shouldn't know about these thoughts. Someone who isn't even a real human being. You know, I started out a few days ago wanting to just find out the truth about Dad's disappearance. What happened to him? That's the only question I had. But now, the even bigger question is, what happened at Project Ares? And how the hell does it implicate me? Because it does. This AI recounting my memory, it's not some freaky coincidence. It's real and unsettling. And I'm beginning to think that Dad talking about atrocities and betraying his integrity and putting his life in danger wasn't just him being melodramatic. Something dark is lurking under the surface here. And there are forces out there who put a lot of effort into making sure no one is shining a light there. But you know what? I don't want to sound paranoid or like a conspiracy theorist, so I need to take a step back and answer a fundamental question before going down that rabbit hole of figuring out a possible crime everyone seems to be covering up. What was Project Ares? What the hell happened there? Project Ares was a research program studying the use of human hybrids in the military. Okay, the woman you just heard? Her name is Elisa Kaspari. One of the things I realized is that I need to get out of my own head. Sitting in this dingy storage space, listening to these tapes, and trying to piece together information I don't really understand can only take me so far. So I need to talk to someone else about this. Someone who can help me gain perspective on this whole affair. But who? Project Ares was completely scrubbed from the public record. There is no information about it anywhere. I can't just look up people that worked there. Dad mentioned someone named O'Rourke in his journals, but that's not super helpful either. But the other night, 
I was poking around online, and I found an article about what was described as a secret DARPA program developing AI weapons. Nothing close to what's on the tapes, but the person who wrote that article was Elisa Kaspari. And then I remembered that the first tape we heard in episode one, the tape dad addresses to someone telling them they should go public with all this information, had two big letters written on it with black magic marker. E.K., as in Elisa Kaspari. Might sound like a stretch, but what did I have to lose in calling her? Hello? Elisa Kaspari? Speaking. My name is Floralyn Wheeler. Wheeler? W-H-E-E-L-E-R? Yes. I hope I'm not catching you at the wrong time. How did you get this number? I got a weird vibe from her on the phone. It was like she knew who I was, or she had heard of me somewhere and couldn't quite believe I was real. But as we kept talking on the phone, it turned out Elisa was exactly the right person to contact about this. I'm wondering if you knew my dad, Dr. Robert Wheeler? Yes. Okay, great. And uh, how familiar are you with his work for the government? You know about Project Ares? Yes. Obviously, you know about it, too. How did you find out about it? Well, um, why don't we meet up face-to-face and talk this through? Check. One, two, check, check. Yeah, perfect. Just like that. Oh, I left my coffee over there. You mind? It was strange. After the phone call, I had a long back and forth with Elisa. Almost like she was testing me if I was really who I said I was. Like a drug dealer making sure some big buyer wasn't actually a cop. It gave me this feeling I had before with my mom. That she had information about myself she was trying to keep from me. But when we finally met, she was perfectly nice. Open to talk about anything related to Project Ares. Had answers to all my questions and even more. Because what transpired at the end of the day about how that AI had my memory just completely upended my life. But... Anyway, before we get to that, let's start from the beginning and figure out what Project Ares was really about. Project Ares was a research program studying the use of human hybrids in the military. A synthesis of man and machine. Optimized battle power, precisely programmable, endlessly replicable. Replicable how? Cloning for the human part. The good old Taylorist assembly line for the robot part. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Clones? Yes, human clones. That's crazy. I thought Dad was working with AIs. Strictly speaking, he was. The hybrids were categorized as AI weapons by the military. Eventually, the plan was to replace their bones with titanium, outfit them with an exoskeleton, and enhance muscle mass with CRISPR technology. That kind of stuff. The program was still in its infancy. Hold on a second. AI weapons, but they were humans. (sighs) See, that's the question. Are clones humans? Do they have human rights? Do they have any rights? Not according to the DOD field manual. <laughs> I'm having an unreal experience right now. Human clones, but, but that's impossible. No one has ever cloned a human being before. Come on, the government has had the technology since the 90s. Remember Dolly? You really think the jump to a human being is that far? Okay, let's just assume that's true then. Why human hybrids for the military? There are currently about 20,000 robots enlisted in the armed forces. Eventually, these human hybrids would join their ranks and replace almost all human combat troops. An entire army of robots and hybrids. The big weakness of actual robots is they could be hacked and disabled. Not so with hybrids. You can't hack a human brain. Not even one that's on a chip. It's air-gapped. And yet, 
These hybrids could be programmed for specific missions and then be disposed of. Okay, so they replicated a human brain, replicated a human, and enhanced it and put both of these together to create what they called a new type of weapon? Thomas Edison thought memories were kept by a crew of tiny workers in a person's brain. Little people, he called them. When a person died, he thought they would leave their host and reassemble in another person's brain. Sounds crazy, but he was kind of right, as far as Project Ares is concerned. But how does that even work, replicating a brain? Okay, think of it like this. On a very basic level, the human mind is just the product of neurons responding to electric charges. Project Ares was able to replicate the same billions of charges on a chip and have it fire directly into the central nervous system. The goal was to manipulate the charges in order to give the subjects certain traits, like fearlessness or, or even perfect marksmanship. That's the brain chip. Full implementation is when they implant the chip into the new clone and bring it to life. Exactly. Like Frankenstein's monster. Except in this case, they had full control over the monster. How did you even hear of this? Your dad contacted me. It was my first week on the city desk at the Chronicle. First writing job I ever got paid for, in fact. I had lived in my car the four months prior. Writing was all I ever wanted to do, but it never paid the bills before. Turns out, your dad emailed every single reporter there. I was just the only one dumb enough to reply. What'd he say? That he had information about some government conspiracy that needed to be made public. Not uncommon to get stuff like that. If it was today, I would ignore it too, probably. He sent me a few research papers to prove he wasn't some crackpot. I looked up Project Ares, but couldn't find anything. The documents looked legit, though, so after a few weeks, we met up for the first time. I, uh... I actually recorded the encounter at the time, if you want to play it. Of course. We met in a parking lot. He was with someone in the car. A patient. A prototype. Subject 00324, he called him. Hi, Robert Wheeler? Doctor, Robert Wheeler. Nice to meet you. Is everything okay? You look nervous. I don't know how safe we are here. Why wouldn't we be safe? something to show you. Oh my god! What is that? I couldn't comprehend what I was seeing. This person with their eyes rolled back into their head, speaking like a like a record skipping or something. It was completely freaky. Your dad, he was at the end of his rope. He had tears in his eyes. Tears? Dad? He was feeling for Rick. What do you mean? Rick was your dad's creation. Before he joined Project Ares, they were simply trying to replicate the life functions of the brain in a new host body. It was achieved on rats before, but not yet on humans. There was no mention of replicating a human mind, just the basic physiological stuff, heartbeat, breathing. But your dad pioneered the idea of copying the entire human mind. Load onto the brain chip not only life functions, but a specifically programmed and calibrated human personality. Rick's whole persona was stitched together from dozens of different people. They would get volunteers for a clinical trial and, and do something called whole brain emulation. It's basically a one-on-one -on -one software replica of the human brain on a hard drive. 
Your dad's team would then map this brain, isolate personality traits and memories, and he would patchwork together a new human, a new mind. Okay, I know what you're thinking, and I thought the same thing at first. Mapping a human brain, downloading it onto a hard drive, uploading it into another human body? That's crazy. Impossible. But then I looked it up. And it turns out there is a whole scientific field studying the feasibility of replicating a human's brain in a machine. Like Elisa said, it's called whole brain emulation, or WBE. I found a research paper from Oxford University. The introduction reads in part, The basic idea is to take a particular brain, scan its structure in detail, and construct a software model of it so that it's so faithful to the original that when run on appropriate hardware, it will behave in essentially the same way as the original brain. This would achieve software-based intelligence by copying biological intelligence. I'm not even bullshitting you. I'll post the paper in the show notes so you can take a look for yourself. I had also seen mention of something similar in Dad's journals. Now it was actually starting to make more sense. March 30th, WBE commenced on Participant 48. April 1st, WBE complete after 39 hours. 26 terabytes of data. Brain mapping commenced. April 4th, memory emulation on third-party unsuccessful. Analysis to be done whether due to faulty synapse mirroring or bad programming. May 25th, full implementation successful. I do not fully comprehend the scientific implications of this, but they may be massive. So this is what was going on at Project Ares. Rick was a human hybrid clone with a chip in his head that ran a personality compiled and programmed by my dad. The raw data for this came from whole brain emulations performed on volunteers. It sounds completely fantastical when I lay it out like that, but if Elisa is telling the truth, and there's no reason for her not to, then that's what it was. Dad was essentially playing God, piecing together a new human mind. And I mean, consider the implications. If the government has the capability to create endlessly replicable and disposable soldiers, all perfectly programmed for a specific task, It's frightening what they might do with it. At this point, I thought Dad wanted to expose Project Ares because of that. He realized the technology had too much potential for evil, so he wanted to put an end to it. And if the government really does have this technology, it would make sense to me they wouldn't want a disgruntled employee just putting it out there. But the way Elisa tells it, there's another layer to it. He started to get emotionally close to Rick's clones. And in the end, he couldn't take it anymore. What? The subject your dad brought with him for our first meeting, his brain chip was malfunctioning. That's what caused his seizure-like symptoms. Whenever that happened, the program would dispose of the subject and start from scratch. This happened all the time. Imagine rebuilding your brain as a software. I mean, I can hardly run Excel without it crashing after a few minutes. But the whole human brain, it's almost inconceivable how complex that is. But... Eventually, the chips were stable for long periods of time. They would still malfunction, but sometimes not for weeks. And your dad had daily sessions with Rick, long enough to form a real bond with him, to feel something for him, and to grieve him after he would be gone. Human rights violations. That's how we came to think of it. Going public, exposing the moral and ethic implications. Your dad thought that was the only way he could put an end to it. Remember what my mom said about Dad in the last episode? It weighed on him, this work. It changed him by the end. What do you mean? Okay, I'm done here. I said enough. Edison's little people. He thought they came from outer space. All I know is, 
Think about your past in a new context, with new information, and you might realize something in retrospect that you didn't see at all at the time. It's as if the little people changed their mind. When I think back to my time living at home after New Zealand, I realized there had been a change in Dad. He was withdrawn, lost in thought, distracted. When I picture him now, right before he disappeared, it did seem like something was weighing on him. And I feel bad for not seeing it more clearly at the time. Maybe I could have done something. I went back to his journals. Up until now, I only used them to figure out the inner workings of Project Ares. But what about the inner workings of my dad? Did he document any of that? He did. Over the years, he dropped some hints about what was going on in his heart. And when you follow that crumb trail, you begin to see a man at first skeptical of his role in the program, then enthusiastic about the research, and finally, horrified at what he wrought. March 5th, 2015, first day at PA. Uh, excited about the prospects, big talks with the suits about the philosophy of the program, some disagreements, but I am generally enthusiastic. April 2nd, 2015, got my bearings, and the sights are not always pretty. Inefficiencies, lack of professionalism, lack of discipline, and the results of the research so far, unimpressive. Lots of improvements to be made, but the potential is endless if used right. January 3rd, 2016, new host acquired, WBE to be performed tomorrow. This will be a new beginning. August 1st, 2016. The 30th full implementation was completed today. Progress so far has been impressive. Small gathering to celebrate tonight. We all deserve it. November 8th, 2016. An intense feeling of doom and sorrow. Everyone else frets over election results, but I lost a friend today. Three full weeks of friendship with a man that I created. O'Rourke says I must see him as a research subject, nothing more. But there was a humanity in those eyes. Where's it gone now? November 30th, 2016. The definition of insanity is to repeat the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome. We are the embodiment of that. February 3rd, 2017, conflicts with the suits daily now. We must change the nature of the program. We stop human rights abuses. We need to use the technology for the betterment of mankind. April 15, 2017. I'm not involved with science anymore. I'm involved in a criminal conspiracy. I've decided to put an end to all this. Scientist creates a Frankenstein. Scientist develops feelings for Frankenstein. Frankenstein must die. Scientist is inconsolable. Scientist tries to expose the cruelty of this. Scientist is silenced. Is that what this story is? As simple as that? Well, it's a nice theory, and it sure would have wrapped this entire thing up in a nice bow, but it's not that easy. A week before he disappeared, your dad told me he had 5,000 hours of recordings. He wanted to hand them over to me for my story. We were supposed to meet on April 29th. The day before, he called me in a frenzy, said we should under no circumstances go public, made me swear I would leave it alone. I'm confused. Confused is right. Here, I thought Dad was some sort of hero, exposing government secrecy and willing to sacrifice his life over it. But the opposite is the case. He actually didn't want this to be public. What changed his mind? Elisa couldn't tell me either. That's why instead of publishing a big expose of Project Ares with primary documents provided by my dad, she was forced to write up some boilerplate filler that talked about none of the controversial parts of Project Ares. 
the passion with which he talked about ending the project, the risk he took talking to Elisa. Why would he not go through with it in the end? And the other thing I still wanted an answer to, what still didn't make any sense, was how one of my memories made its way onto Rick's brain chip. Elisa had an answer to that one, and it was devastating. What is this? It was a leather box containing dozens of hard drives, all labeled with a name. She took one out. It said Robert. This is your dad's entire brain on a drive. He performed WBE on himself. What? Can I... Can I hold it? I'm holding... I'm holding dad's brain in my hand. He's not with us anymore, but he's on this drive. This is... I don't even know what to say. No. I couldn't tell you this morning. You wouldn't have understood. No. I'm sorry. It's... It's impossible. Elisa was holding another drive. It was labeled... Lynn. 